You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's a great football team with a lot of moral fiber and a lot of character, and they showed it. Shout a Buffalo football podcast hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. No place else you'd rather be than right here, right now. When it's too tough for them, it's just right. Presented by Syracuse.com and NYUP.com. The Bills make me wanna. What is up, everybody? Wednesday night, no Bills game this week. It's it's really quiet on the uh, the Bills beat this week. Is everybody kind of regroups and, and, and gets some shut eye for a change uh, for a couple of days? Uh, but we thought we can't go a whole week without any shows. Like I was I was toying with the idea, but um, you know I, I thought let's 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 go into the Rolodex. Let's bring out you know a marquee guest for for the bye week. And, and we delivered. We brought in the uh, one of the co-founders of Bills Mafia, Mr. Del Reed himself. I am Matt Perino. He is Ryan Talbot. This is the Shout Buffalo Bills football podcast brought to you by Tops Friendly Markets, your neighborhood store with more. Del Reed, it is awesome to get you on here, man. I, I feel like um, I just saw you. you. You came over to watch some fights. Ryan, that's one of the downfalls of living out in Olean. You can't come over to the house and watch the fights. Uh, but we had to, we watched some fights, we watched some college football. Uh, how you doing, my friend? Great. I'm going to add marquee guest to my Twitter bio uh, when we're done here. I mean, that's that's quite a that's quite a connotation. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome, Ryan. What do you what's up? What's up? What's going on with you? Not too much. Like you said, it's a pretty quiet week around here. Uh, put up something about a little rookie report on the site today, though. So if you want to kind of get a look at how Buffalo's rookie class is doing, there's something up on NYUP and Syracuse.com. And, and actually, very quietly, this rookie class is having a pretty nice and solid season for the Bills. Yeah, we're going to talk about a couple of those rookies later on. Uh, but just to give you guys a little idea of uh, how I had the show uh, kind of sectioned off tonight. We're going to talk a little bit about Bill's Mafia to start off with. Obviously, uh, got some fun little things uh, that I want to touch on with Dell, and then we'll get into some Bill's specific stuff and even some fun segments at the end of the show. Um, Ryan had mentioned that you're a big Howard picks the Bills fan, and I think most Bills fans are. For our buddy Howard Simon over on WGR five fifty, and actually, I I did a spot on his show this morning, so go over to the website and check that out. Um, but we're going to do Dell picks the Bills tonight at the end, so we're. Ryan, that was Ryan's brainchild. So very good stuff. A tradition like at least one other. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So huge month for Bill's Mafia. Um, 
like obviously the team's doing so well, seven and three, um, leading the AFC East. I mean, this this late in the season, and you know, it's been three decades. Um, but for the fan base, like I, I I think it's crazy that we've arrived at a time in social media and and what social media can do that the awareness for the awesomeness of the Bills fan base is at an all-time high. I mean, you see people all over the country, you know, reacting to all of these things that Bills fans do every year, year in and year out. And as a guy that, you know, has, you know, a lot of your notoriety comes from just being a Bills fan. What does that mean to you to know that, hey, man, this is, this is a, you know, you always talk about family and you always talk about, um, you know, Bills Mafia being this, this great big group. How cool is it to just see where it's come? Dude, it's insane. It's, I, I wouldn't say more. I say all of my nor, notoriety has come from being a Bills fan. Nobody <laughs> knew anything about who Del Rey was, you know, before that. But no, uh, it's crazy, man. And it's you know an honor to play the 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 unique role that I do um, uh, in the fan base, and nothing that's ever taken for granted or or whatever. But um, it's it's great just as a fan in general because we know we're awesome fans. I mean, ever since I was, you know, after you know, uh, the Super Bowl years and all through that, as the Bills had some national prominence, you know, you talk about the tailgating and, and, and all that. And I always think of those fans out in, in the hot tub out in front of what was then Rich <laughs> Stadium during the playoff yeah. games and everything. Like, Bills fans are unlike any other group. And uh, to see it now after the dark years have gone through, you know, with the, the drought and everything, now the, we always knew we were awesome. We always knew that, you know, we were special. Um, now to see the the national eye kind of focus in on uh, what we are as fans and not just as our love for the team, but how we give back to the community is just, it's really, it's really cool to see. And speaking of the community, you know, you've kind of paved the way with, with 26 shirts and doing good things for the community, raising money for good causes. And just recently the bills mafia raised money for a great awareness. And that, that being Josh Allen's grandmother, uh, what did you think about that whole process and how it took off uh, after the news was was broken after that Seahawks game about what had happened? You know, what what were your overall thoughts on that? And kind of based on how you've been doing this in the community for so long yourself. Well, I guess pride, you know, just as to be a Bills fan, to be a Western New Yorker. And um, I don't know about like, you know, trailblazer or anything like that, because I'm a product of this community. This community is so, you know, city of good neighbors. It's not just a sign that you see going into the, you know, driving down to the 33 into the city. It's something of who we are. And so um, anything that I am is just a product of what we all are. Um, but it's great to see it, you know, and, and people often think that like when something like this happens, they think that I'm the one that started it. I'm, and I'm, I'm always quick to say like, no, this was like, in this, in this case, like at Slinky Joe one's idea, you know, and it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's all of us. We're all, you know, we all have this, this focus about helping out our fellow fan and the whole community aspect. And it just feels great to see it. And just, you know, I just, I'm just proud. It just to be a fan of the bills. Yeah. It's, it's like any time anything happens in, you know, within the fan base and within the organization, I almost feel like the first thought that everybody goes to is, okay, how can we help out other people? And what's cool about that too is, it really ties into what you've done with what we talked about, your notoriety. I mean, you you took uh, obviously something that blew up, a concept, a brand, 
and really focused your energy on building something now that just this past week, seven year anniversary of 26 shirts. I mean, how cool is that? Not even, you know, the bills fan part of it. I mean, that that's one thing, but all the work you've been able to do, I think you're, you're, you're closing in on a million dollars, right. Of, of uh, donations. Yeah, we're getting there. You know, it's, it's, it's crazy. I mean, I'm a computer programmer by trade. This was not part of the plan <laughs> to do anything like this. Um, I just always felt, you know, and I always joke, you know, um, that I've seen too many, I've read too many Spider-Man comics with <laughs> great power comes great responsibility. And uh, when this social media audience just kind of like fell in our laps, you know, Bree and Leslie and, and myself with everything with the Bills Mafia, we just, we all agreed like right from the jump that let's not make this about ourselves because this is something that's special and can really benefit the fans in, in general. So let's not put Dell and Bree and Leslie at the forefront, but let's put our fellow fans in the forefront. And that has just carried through in terms of all these other crazy ideas I've had along the way. Um, just trying to make things that, you know, do events that would make, you know, um, you know, fans excited and have fun and maybe give back at the same time. Because, you know, somebody asked me really early on in the whole Bill's Mafia days, because we were doing Bill's Mafia t-shirts and everything. Um, before I learned, you can't put bills on shirts and stuff. <laughs> <But> <laughs> I've, I've learned a lot about intellectual property and where all the minds are in the minefield over the past 10 years. But um, people asked early on, like, what is this? one person specifically said, is this all this is about is just t-shirts? And I was, we were like, no. In fact, like, let's just, at that point, we probably sold like five shirts. You know, like all the money we make, we're just going to give it to Roswell. Um, and it was just, I think that really has helped kind of build that path and it kind of like a snowball it just didn't like everything that i've done i just wanted to make sure that it gives back and so now here we are this new idea that came out of that with 26 shirts now is its own thing and you know we just finished up our our seventh year doing it and we're closing in on a million like you said it's, it's crazy and great t-shirts uh great designs great quality awesome products and something else happened this month or in the last 30 days, and that's the, the trademark of the Bills Mafia. And I, I was on my lunch break, uh, and again, I don't know, probably like a month ago, and and my timeline was just a, a mess. Like, I can't, <laughs> I can't believe that a lot of outrage. And I even sent I even sent Dell a message. I'm like, hey, man, everything, you know, everything good here? What was your phone like between texts, calls, Twitter DMs? When, when the Bills trademark Bills Mafia and that news broke, what was your day like that day? Because you were pretty quiet on social media until you kind of came out and said, hey, whoa, guys, we, we knew about this. So go ahead and tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, that was crazy. Okay, so I learned a long time ago to turn off notifications on my phone. And there's, you know, it's it's my phone's pretty chill most of the time. Somehow that day, my phone was blowing up anyways. <laughs> I can't even like explained it. It was just there was new channels I didn't even know were possible on this thing that, you know, were coming in and people talking and everything. And the irony is that like the reason I didn't reply to anybody is because I was filming something with the Bills that day. So it was something that was already on my radar. Um that information, you know, came out through like a third party, a, a guy who does, you know, social media. Um and I think he's like a trademark lawyer or something like that. He reports on all kinds of stuff like that. But uh I don't think that's the way it was really meant to hit the world but that's the way it came through and everything so those like you said those plans were, were already in place and i you know i was fully aware of everything that was going on and 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 like i said involved in the conversation before that friday 
Um, but it was it was crazy. And a lot of, you know what, a lot of people, it really felt good. Um, not for anything, just being selfish or whatever. It felt good to have people like looking out for, for me and, and, and Bree and Leslie and everything. I, I mean, the people were tweeting and, and commenting and, and texting me and, uh, you know, practically woofing me to use a, an office term. <laughs> so like, I mean, nice. if I had a fax machine, I think it would have been going off. But it was people were reaching out through every angle they could. And it just, it meant a lot, you know, to, to put all this time and effort that we put into something. And when people don't know the whole, the whole story and they have that first impression for them to want to defend it like that means a lot. And I think it says a lot about, you know, what we've been able to build and just, you know, how people have embraced it and love it. Before we get too into the weeds with some football stuff, you know, I see a lot of conversation out there about food, Buffalo food, you know, chicken wings, um, is obviously one of the more popular uh, topics on social media. So I thought, you know, we're both, we're, we're all three Western New York guys. We've been, we've been, you know, pretty much everywhere that you can go in this town. So I want to know for you, Del Reed, your favorite, your favorite Buffalo food, whatever it is, dining out experience, hit me with it. Wings. <laughs> it's absolutely <laughs> wings. Um, during that, that, that whole early part of, of, of quarantine back in like March and April, uh, we tried at home. Like we had an air fryer and we were doing everything we could. But as soon as we had that comfort level to order food in, that's the first thing we ordered. Like my wife, Chrissy says, we want, what, what should we get? And I was like, before she even finished the question, I was like, we need to get chicken wings. And she's like, I knew you were going to say that. Like, well, why don't you ask? Let's just get some chicken wings. So um, that's by far my favorite. And I am beef not whack. I mean, I'm a total, I'm a total Buffalo Homer here, like totally hitting the template, but it's true. Wings and, and, and beef on whack are the way to go. And pizza. Okay. So now I have a list. But, you know. <laughs> uh, I, so I, literally I just everything and anything. Anything that Buffalo is known for, except for my beef on whack, I can skip the horseradish. I am so not a fan. Oh, same. See, I have to jump in though. What about Loganberry? Because that seems to have a divide. I love Loganberry personally. Um, I think I'm on the line. Like if it's there, I'll drink it. I don't mm. like really. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Um, I'm very zen about Loganberry. I guess like it is what it is. Do you? That's not a, quite the hot take, but <laughs> Ryan, do you drink like sodas though, like pops? I don't I call it pop, but okay. I... But you like Loganberry? I do. Yeah. Yeah. But See, for mine... me, I stopped drinking pop like probably like oh man, like ten years ago now, almost like seven years, eight years. Uh, because I used to be like a Mountain Dew fiend. Like, I mean, I would have two liters. I would do what we do is we go like on a night, like where we we're gonna just like I'd have a couple friends over, a couple cousins. We'd go uh, and and turn on the Xbox and just you know whether it be Madden or whatever we ended up playing, we'd go to the tops and and get a couple cases of Mountain Dew, and I would just be absolutely killing. Somebody says, "Who says pop?" Pretty much everybody in the city says pop. So if you say soda and you live in, in Buffalo, I say it out of respect because I know like a lot of people that we have on might not, but it's pop. Come on. Like, let's get real. But anyway, Kelly's, I used to just... Kelly, Kelly's not a Western New Yorker. That's for sure. Ah, okay. Welcome okay. to this conversation, Kelly. But you, there's no way you can grow up in Western New York and say what's pop. Yeah, that's <laughs> come on. Um, But no, so Loganberry for me, I don't know if it's just because I haven't, dr uh, I, I don't drink pop anymore, but I had a Loganberry at Ted's, I think, a couple years ago, and it was awful. Absolutely awful. <laughs> <laughs> you know what it is? You know what it is? It's like it's like drinking syrup. And yes. sometimes you're in the mood to drink maple syrup, and sometimes you're not. <laughs> but uh, the Fair. same reason with pop. Like, I can only drink diet 
pop at this point if I'm going to drink it, just because otherwise I feel like I'm just drinking like like straight syrup. And I mean, I'm not even a big diet pop fan, anyways. <laughs> but you know, if I had to choose, it's the it's the syrup thing. It's so rich and sugary. All right. All right. Speaking of, uh, you know, rich, uh, sugary. I don't know if that really works, but seven and three Buffalo Bills are absolutely. Uh, killing it right now. I mean, I, I'm looking at some of these offensive numbers, and we're going to get to them in a minute. Um, I mean, you, you have to be so excited about the potential of, you know, this team in January for the first time, and I don't know how long. But before we get into it, and we're going to get into it, a uh, quick word from our sponsor. Ready for football? Tops is. With ready-to-serve fan favorites, everyone will cheer for. Delicious family or party packs like pizza, sliders, fried chicken, barbecue, or beef on whack. Starting at only $4 per serving. Perfect for game day and any day. Only at Tops. So 7-3, and three, up a game, um, game and a half in the AFC East right now over the Miami Dolphins, who are obviously surging 5-0, and oh, and we'll get to them a little bit later in the show. But I texted Ryan and I basically said, okay, let's do to start things off here. Let's do our top three storylines headed into the the next section of this season. It's those final six games before the playoffs. And I, I feel like we could probably go around the horn and let's start with Ryan. What's your top storyline going into this week? Well, this I want to see them fix. Uh, well, there's a few things, but you know what? I'm going to start with the third quarter issues. That's my biggest storyline. Can they fix what's going on in the third quarter? Good teams adjust at halftime. I get that. I understand that. The Bills are moving the ball up and down the field in the first half. They're putting up points, so teams adjust. But the fact that it's taking the Bills an entire quarter, it feels like, every single week to make their proper adjustments, it's clearly leading to a lot of really close games uh, that are making fans, you know, as always, wait down to that last final minute, those last closing seconds to make sure the Bills can hold on or in other cases, you know, fall a little bit short. It seems like that's the way it's been for the last decade. The Bills can't win comfortably. They can't have one of those, hey, this game's over in the fourth quarter. Let's kick back our feet, you know, kick up our feet and relax. It's just not the Bills' way. But it would be nice to see that be the case, especially with such a high-scoring offense. What about you, Dell? What what to, what's standing out right now in terms of you know storylines heading into this next part here? No lie, dude. My exact same storyline is what Ryan just said. It, it, seriously, the third quarter is such a scary time um, every week because it just seems they just take so long to get going, and you know, and you know, Josh Allen has done a great job of being clutch in the fourth quarter, but I feel like he doesn't, he shouldn't have to be showing that so many times because of you know just that sluggishness that seems to happen in the third quarter. So because we have the same thing, can I say something from a national level? I think yeah. the biggest thing is that I cannot, I am so impressed with how the NFL is somehow pulling off this season in the middle of a pandemic. Mm. And, you know, there's people that have opinions like that, you know, maybe they're not doing as great a job, but when you think about it, take a step back, like this is amazing. There's no, there's no hockey bubble. There's no basketball bubble thing going on here. Like players are going out into the world and living their lives and then coming back to work. And granted, they're not out, you know, hopefully like partying and just doing everything that maybe other people would do. Um, but it's just amazing to me how the NFL has managed to survive this pandemic so far, because going into the season, I'm not going to lie. I was, I, and you can check the Twitter feed, right? Like I, I, I was convinced that there was going to be, canceled games and it was just going to be such a weird season and it is a weird season 
but the fact that the NFL has been able to pull it off this far, I mean, they're, we're getting into, we're over halfway into the season now and it's, it's full, it's still full steam ahead. So I guess kudos to the NFL and kudos to, you know, all the players. I mean, there's positives here and there, but that's going to happen. I mean, we're seeing what, as these, you know, percentages spike across the country, it's, it's just impressive that, you know, they've been able to pull it off this far. No, I agree. I think that's a, that's a great storyline because, you know, today actually the, the NFL has mandated all teams across the league to get, to get uh, put them all into that increased uh, COVID protocols. And, you know, they're taking it super seriously. And I think that, that that's an important thing. I've, I've been kind of looking ahead to the playoffs and what that's going to look like. Do the, do, does the NFL look to create maybe a playoff bubble where they can kind of control the um, variables? Because one of the things that, you know, I was talking about with a, a friend the other day was what happens if you get to the AFC championship game? And I know Bills fans are hoping it's the Chiefs and the Bills and Josh Allen gets COVID or Patrick Mahomes gets gets COVID. What is the league going to do in that situation? And if they can create a bubble, what would that kind of do to maybe um, fight against those kinds of things, maybe ruining, ruining a playoff game? Because right now, I think we've seen over the course of the season, the NFL do a good job. And yeah, Cam Newton missed a, a stretch there, which obviously wasn't great for the Patriots. And, you know, some other high profile players have missed one-off games. I mean, the Bills dealt with their own situation this last week with Josh Norman and company uh, having to be pulled out. Josh Norman testing positive, a couple other players, Levi Wallace, and uh, we'll talk about these cornerbacks in a minute. But to your point, um, I, I think that it, it is pretty impressive the way that they've gone, gone out and done this. And I have to go down to the stadium and get tested every day. So I'm able to see the process and how it, you know, how, um, you know, grandiose it really is and how many moving parts are in, you know, getting the test every day, the different windows, the amount of people and following the protocols in the facility at the practice facility. There's so many little things that the smallest little mistake to your point could throw a whole season off course for a team. And so, yeah, it, it is impress impressive, but I want to touch on, on Ryan's uh, storyline because, it's something that I've been thinking about all week because, you know, after the game and everybody was making uh, a lot about the Hal Mary and rightfully so I did see a lot of, you know, the, you know, the, the more plugged in parts of Twitter discussing the third quarter, you know, troubles and like, maybe I'm wrong and I'll let you to, you know, correct me if you think that, that I am, I'm not so concerned about the lapse in the third quarter because I think it's a product of the success the bills are having in the first two quarters. I think sometimes we forget that got that players and coaches on both sides of the ball, get paid a lot of money to do this. And when you come out and you have success against somebody, it's only logical that they're going to make adjustments and attack you a different way. So if anything, I can, I I'd listen to the argument that you want to make. You want your, your coaching staff to be forward thinking and kind of plan for the adjustments that might be made against you but I can kind of understand why there has been a lapse in the third quarter and the fourth quarter numbers are so strong that they've done a good job adjusting from third quarter to fourth quarter in most situations. I think that's fair. You know, my big thing is we, we see them come out though in the third quarter and they go three and out, or maybe it's a, a shortened drive. And, and then you see the lawn sustained drives by the other team and they close the gap. Uh, then the bills get themselves this past weekend. At, what was it? A third and 33 at one point with penalties and just kind of shooting themselves in the foot and backing, backing themselves up uh, a lot of undisciplined play. It, it just feels like the third quarter is, is where these opposing teams are not only closing the gaps in some situations, 
but even taking over the lead uh, or uh, making at least within one score by the time that that quarter ends. And we saw that this past week with Arizona taking the lead late in that quarter, early in the fourth quarter. The Bills have a great offense. There's, there's no denying that. Josh Allen is clutch. We, we've seen it time and time again with the fourth quarter comebacks. But at the same time, I, I just and I'm not even saying points. I want to see them sustain drives, get those opposing defenses tired in the second half. So then in the fourth quarter, you're right. They can get back on track, score some points, and put some of these teams away. So I, I guess I'm not just sitting here saying they need to put up 10 points in the third quarter every week from here on out. I just want to see them sustain drives and, and not look like they're, they're coming out of the locker room lost because I feel like some weeks that is the case. Um, yeah, I mean, you both make great points. I really do. Uh, Matt, I, I think I'm going to subscribe to to your theory because I'm more of a glass half full kind of guy. And I like that. Okay. They're so great. Teams have to play catch up and they, they figure out new things, but the bills are so smart. By the time the fourth quarter rolls around, they're on top of it again. I, I like this. That's what we're going to have to do. We're going to start bringing on, um, uh, Dell every episode and we're just volunteering <laughs> you for this so you can literally be the judge in between ryan and ryan and my discussion although they're, they're never really that um adversarial so i don't know if that would be very um uh engaging tv i mean we're, we're, we're you know they say great minds think alike ryan and i think alike a lot of the times we do it's true uh remember like last year we did game by game predictions we didn't see each other's predictions we had every game the same in terms of who was going to win who is going to lose? It, it's pretty eerie, pretty wild that we're on the same uh, wavelength like that. One of these years, you guys got to change it up, and one of you got to go like full Skip Bayless and just do that for the entire <laughs> season and see, you know, see how the numbers change. I don't know if that would play well in this fan base because I think they're so used to a lot of those talking heads um, taking shots at this at this team in the city. So we're gonna kind of stay away from uh, that brand a little bit. But another storyline I want to hit on, and I'm seeing it in the comments here, is an update on the on the Dane Jackson injury, and I, I'm wondering if because of the, you know, hectic nature of that game, I don't think a lot of people realize that Dane Jackson came back in and finished that game, right? Like he came in, he came back in the fourth quarter, finished that game. Um, one of my big overarching storylines looking in the second half of the season is what does this starting five look like? down the stretch into the playoffs uh, in, in the secondary, because I think that's one of the areas where as much continuity as there's been, and there's been a couple games like Micah Hyde missed the game. Dean Marlowe came in. Um, there's been kind of like a revolving door at that second cornerback uh, position because of injury. Mm-hmm. I think they've landed at something with Dane Jackson that I think is something they really should explore. I like the idea. And I know you have so much, you know, veteran, um, you know, players at that position. I mean, Josh Norman won all pro in, in this league in 2015. Levi Wallace has started almost every game the last two seasons for this Bills defense. But I think what Dane Jackson showed is that he's up for the challenge against really great players. He's opportunistic. He likes to take the ball away, which I think, that, you know, Leslie Frazier said it this week. He was asked, what's this defense's identity or what's it going to be? He's like, we want to be a defense that takes the ball away. Well, Dane Jackson's played in two games and he's taken the ball away twice. Mm-hmm. So if that's going to be your identity and you found a player that's doing that, I, I think you keep him in. Where, where do you guys fall on that? Dal, go ahead. I'll let you start. Yeah, no, I think he's been an awesome surprise. I mean, when you think about it, just the, the scouting in general that this team has come up with, with Levi Wallace, 
you know, undrafted free agent. And then Dane Jackson, who he's got such a nose for the ball. Um, I, I, I think it's super encouraging and they've done the, 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 either it's great coaching, you know, pulling great plays out of, you know, these players that they're, these diamonds they're finding in the rough and polishing them up or what, but um, yeah, I, I think they've done a, a really great job in terms of making sure that that's secondary. Cause that is scary. You talk about the revolving door at CB two, like that is, <laughs> that's really scary. And so far they've managed to, to make it, you know, through 10 games, they've managed to do uh, uh, a pretty decent job with that defense, uh, that defensive secondary. You know, it's fitting. I, I live near train tracks and, and here in Ole, and sometimes on the show you'll hear the train whistle going off. I'm the conductor of the Dane train right now. I've I rewatched his play. I'm the I'm all aboard. I want Dane Jackson as cornerback number two coming out of the bye week. And, and here's my thought. You you mentioned a lot of it already, Matt. He held his own this past week, one on one. DeAndre Hopkins third and goal, and he he plays the ball perfectly. He he's in that contested area. I wanted to see how he would do in those moments, those big moments. And that's an example of a big moment. I know it's the first quarter. I know it's early in the game, but you're going against an all world wide receiver and you don't let that moment's not too big for you. You go back to the Jets game. Here's a guy that I think the Bills wanted to kind of stash for the year and they had no choice but to bring him up for that Jets game because they were already getting banged up there. What's he do? He reads Sam Darnold's eyes and he gets an interception. He gets a second pass defensed in that game. He gets the fumble recovery last week against Arizona as well. The moment hasn't looked too big for him yet. And yes, it's a small sample size. You need to see more there. I get that. But what's the harm in throwing him out there against the Chargers? And if he gets beat once or twice, then you can turn to those veterans, the Josh Normans, the Levi Wallaces, the guys that have come in here and they know the expectations but why not see wait and see what you have with this guy? Don't don't put it off. Don't say, hey, you know, we're, we're going to go with the veterans instead because they're vets. We, we, you know, no, th- this team has always been about earning your keep. And right now, with that small sample size, he has shown that he belongs out there on that field. Yeah, and I like what Lamar says in the uh, chat over on YouTube that he's earned it. And I think that that's a big, um, you know, uh, of saying that should just be put up on the wall at one bills drive is that, you know, everything around here is earned. Sean McDermott has said it over and over again. So when you have a guy that comes along and plays at the level that Dane Jackson has played at in albeit a very small sample size, I, I think you should let him continue to play. And, and I don't think Levi Wallace has done anything to, to lose that job. I'm sure watching him on Instagram live during the game, um, tweeting videos. I mean, he was perfectly healthy, but obviously because of the contact tracing, he couldn't go. Uh, it's a tough business when it comes down to it. But I think that there's been times over Levi Wallace's career where, you know, he struggled a little bit and he's been the guy that because of Trey white and how good he is opposing quarterbacks attack that side of the field. And I, I think that there's a swagger to Dane Jackson. And I was watching the Gabriel Davis mic'd up uh, segment that the bills put out right before this. And he was really vocal on the sidelines. He's like, I love me some Dane, man. I love me some Dane. That's what he was saying on the sideline. And so you could tell that there's some juice there that they were like, okay, he makes a big play on Deandre Hopkins. You don't think that that like gets everybody fired up on the offensive side of the ball. And what, what do you know? They come back on the, uh, on the next series, have a touchdown uh, drive. So um, somebody's asking in here, PJ, do they try him in the slot as well? That's an interesting question because I think that's a, it's a weird time for that because I think Taron Johnson just played his best game of the season. And so I think that 
Taron Johnson's earned himself uh, a little bit more runway here. Um, not to mention Cam Lewis, who I think is almost eligible to come off of IR. They like him in the slot as well. They still play Saran Neal in that big nickel spot. He had some uh, some reps there this week. Um, Dane Jackson coming out. Um, they when when Brandon Bean was talking about him, they said they liked his versatility, play inside and outside. But when you played that well at outside, I think you might have found yourself a new home on the depth chart. Yeah, no, that's that's perfectly said. I think having that outside cornerback is more valuable than having a guy yeah, in the slot. Uh, See that we're on the same point. <laughs> you know, and and with Taron Johnson, I agree that this was a really good game for him. Uh, he's the one that that poked the ball loose that Jackson recovered, and, and he even made some plays two weeks ago against Seattle where uh, he came in on some blitzes and he and he moved Russell Wilson around a little bit. So they're starting to figure out how to utilize guys. Whether you're talking uh, in the secondary, whether you're talking obviously AJ Klein, who the last two weeks looks like a completely different player than what we saw over those first eight games. Uh, whether it's Tremaine Edmonds, who I think that had more so to do with health. But they're, they're finally figuring out this defense, some of these pieces, and that includes Taryn Johnson as of late. So right now, no, outside cornerbacks more important, especially based on the different looks that you can give teams. And as long as he can hold his own on the outside, keep him on the outside. You know what I'm doing right now? Fixing the clock. Fixing my clock. Somebody made a great observation in that I hang this thing up and I plug it in every week, but I've never actually set the right time. So somebody said, hey, somebody's got to fix Brino's clock. And you're absolutely correct. I got to get this thing. It's not easy to turn the wheel, um, but I think I got it to, to read about the right time. Um, but yeah, I think that covers the story. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, speaking of turning the wheels, Dell, where do you fall with the running game? Is it more on what we've seen from the Bills running backs is it on the offensive line? What's happened so far, in your opinion, where they have not been consistent in terms of running the ball? I mean, I think they're just game planning it that way. That last week, there two weeks ago, rather, was it was it the Seahawks game where they they mm-hmm. threw like or they ran like three times in the first half? Like that's yeah. that the the offense. And we were saying this in the offseason, but like the offense is on Josh Allen's shoulders, and I think that they're just depending on what the you know, what defense they're they're going to be playing that week. I think that's the game plan. I don't think they've put an emphasis on the run game as an offense this season. I think I feel like it's intentionally, which as a Bills fan is super weird because <laughs> the past 25 years, it's just been, you know, grounded pound and three yards and a cloud of dust and, and all that. So to see them, I mean, was it going into last week's game? They, uh, the Bills threw on first down more than any other team in the league. I, I heard that somewhere. Um, mm-hmm. and that is not a bill statistic that is so strange. So, <laughs> I, 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 you know, I'm not worried about the running game really because apparently Brian Dable and the Bills coaches aren't worried about it, they're just choosing to just ride Josh Allen's arm, which is maybe that'll come back to bite him you know, in a, a month or two, but you know, as a bills fan, I'm like, keep throwing it. I've seen enough running plays for the next, you don't have to r- r- do one running play for the next four years. And I still seen too many running plays. So I'm fine with it. It's, it's funny, you know, Sean McDermott's his big quote to come out of his last press conference before the bye was, you know, um, we're going to do a deep dive this week on the running game. And it's like, I, I kind of, probably sit back a little bit and from a fan's perspective, like you're mentioning, it's like, maybe don't, don't spend too much time worrying about it. Like, I don't know if you want, 
you coming out and, and trying to establish the run every week mm -hmm. because the pass has worked so good. I mean, the Bills are averaging per game the fifth highest yards per game in the NFL passing right now. And I think that this is a passing league, and that's where you're always in games if you're if you have the ability to strike at any 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 time. This offense, to Ryan's point earlier point. It fell off the tracks in that third quarter and into the fourth quarter. Josh made a couple mistakes. Those are mistakes that in years past, and this goes into that whole, you know, year two to year three jump that he's made. Those are mistakes that completely derail everything. And the game is gone mm -hmm. in years past this year. You know, he picked it, he picked it back up, stayed focused, went to his trusted guys, Cole Beasley, Stefan Diggs on that game winning touchdown yeah. drive. And he didn't fall apart. And one of the things that I've noticed in these 10 games with Josh, more than all of the big throws, the deep ball, um, you know, his his command of the huddle and of the offense, it's his demeanor in the moments where things do go wrong. Because I, I don't know about you guys, but I saw a guy in Houston last year at times that looked overwhelmed at times. Yeah. Now, yeah. no matter what is happening, he has – a react he has the ability to react to it and keep his composure and that's a huge step it's crazy my i mean my wife would say like oh no he's got those eyes again <laughs> his <laughs> eyes would get as big as saucers <laughs> and she would she would that's the first thing she's like oh he's got the eyes and uh and so yeah they, they, he has not seemed overwhelmed this season um not like not like you know years past which is you you expect that you expect that you know as Get, you know, the more and more experience comes along. What's your cat's name, Ryan? Midnight. And, and I don't know what it is, but lately he is just interrupting everything that I do. Radio shows, podcasts. He is just jumping in the screen. And, and whenever I'm on the radio too, right when I'm on the phone, he's just coming up and getting in my lap. I don't know what it is with this cat lately. Listen, he he sees the attention you're getting with all of these shout football podcast promos flying around. <laughs> your uh, smiling face. He's like, hey, listen. I want to get on the show too. Give me a little burn. Some screen get, time. That's true. Exactly. I get my dog on here, but if I try to get him to jump up on me right now, it would take my whole setup down. So, so we really can't get, <laughs> get that going here. Um, check this out. This is something fun we can talk about. So, Stefan Diggs right now, he is on pace uh, through uh, 10 games. He's got 900 yards, over 70 catches, four touchdowns. He's on pace for 117 catches which would be uh, a Bills record. The current record is 100 by Eric Moulds. 1,450 yards. The current rec record is also Eric Moulds, 1,368. And then seven touchdowns, which would be four shy of Bill Brooks in 1995. And can I tell you, I have no recollection of Bill Brooks. And as you really? know, I've watched this team my entire life, dating back to the first early memory I have is a 1988, I believe 88 or 89 playoff game where I think it was Don Beebe fell on his head against the Browns. 89. 89. Mm -hmm. I have no recollection of Bill Brooks. I don't know if I just erased that, that segment like <laughs> after the Super Bowl years, but he also was on that last Super Bowl team. I, have, I don't even remember him at all. He's the Bills record holder for touchdowns in a season. Yeah, he balled out that one year. That's uh, he was with the was with the Colts. He was with the Colts yes. for most of his career. Yes. And then he, he can I remember like that was one of those free agent signings because at that time like free agency was still kind of a new thing in the NFL because there was, there was always Plan B free agency before that. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and that was, you know, one of the free agent signings where like, oh, snap, like the Bills are a destination. Like even because even back then going to the Super Bowl, you still think like, oh, we're the Bills. And we, you know, uh, and Bryce Pop, I think he was in that same. I think I Bryce almost Pop just 95. mentioned him. Yeah, I yeah, think I so. Bryce right. Pop jersey. Yep. Same yep. here. Yeah. That was a big splash so, back then. So after that 10 games, here's the conversation. player of the year, too. Mm. Bryce Pop was awesome. Bryce Pop was like a badass. Like, I feel like he was like all the kids in like my grade school wanted Bryce Pop's jersey. Um, all right. The, with Diggs, though, here, where does he rank for you guys? Already? 10 games. It's only 10 games. But where does he rank in Bill's receiver history in your eyes? I mean, for me, it's, you know, always Andre Reed, Eric Moulds. Um, Stevie Johnson. I mean, those are the the de facto three that I kind of always always go to. Um, I think James Lofton should be in the conversation. I mean, he had some good years in those Super Bowl years, but I mean, Stephon Diggs. I mean, if he if he goes out here and puts up the season that he's on pace for, I mean, he's already etched himself a pretty special spot, you know, in this franchise's history. I mean, if we're going to be talking about Stephon Diggs, and yeah, the stats are what they are. I mean. Is it weird to bring Cole Beasley into this too, in terms of like all time great Bills receivers? Because like no. that dude is clutch. Like, why are you not throwing to that dude? Like every single play, he almost <laughs> oh, you know he's always open. It's crazy. Um, so I don't know where Diggs or or or, or Beasley, I guess I brought him up, but where they fit in the conversation. But I mean, it, it's just nice to see the Bills in this phase of the NFL's history, which it's been in for a while now it's nice to start seeing them have receivers that are actually playing like the rest of the NFL. And, you know, not, not that they're, I'm not, I'm not equating them to like average receivers. Don't get me wrong, but it's just nice to finally see the bills have an offense, have receivers that are, 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 are have these opportunities to even perform like this. So that, that's not quite the answer you wanted, but that's, that's my take. And they're all unique in their own ways too. You know, Andre Reed was known for going over the middle and not being afraid of taking those shots. And Eric Moulds is that one player, that one Bills player that I said, he had some decent quarterback play over his career. But I said, if he had one consistent quarterback through the yes. course of his career, we would have already seen him in Canton. And that's how talented yeah, I think he was. I really do. I think he was, you switch him with Marvin Harrison on the Colts. And you're talking about two guys that still have really good careers, but it's Molds that's in the in the Hall of Fame because he played with Peyton. He would have played with Peyton Manning over the course of his career. And I know it's the woulda, coulda, shouldas, but that's how I was looking at that. Diggs is his own special player. He's a complete package. He might not run over the middle like Reed, but he's a great route runner, so he can create that initial separation. He gets the yards after the catch, but you can also count on him in those uh, contested areas. Think about, what was it, the uh, Raiders game that Allen threw it downfield? Uh, yeah, against Eric Harris. And, and he just kind of out-jumped Eric Harris for the ball. Mm-hmm. So he can he can do a little bit of everything. Cole Beasley, it, someone on, on the timeline on, on Twitter um, mentioned him or compared him to Stevie Johnson from a route running perspective. And I kind of like that because Stevie Johnson was such a good route runner. So was Cole Beasley. I mean, Cole Beasley just this past week froze Patrick Peterson at the line. Patrick Peterson, I, and I don't know if he's a Hall of Famer down the road, Peterson. He's going to be pretty close, in my opinion. Peterson had no idea what was happening after he after Beasley shook him off. He tried to swipe at Beasley, missed him completely, and, and he kind of walked in the end zone. So, you know, all these players are, are so talented that, that were mentioned there, uh, but they're each special in their own way. Um, my wife just texted me something. Sorry. Um, 
she just texted me like a little note that my son put on his front door. Um, this is the first time I've, we've ever seen him write something and put it on his door. It kind of reminds me of that movie Love Actually, where the kid always puts his little like I'm I'm busy or I'm drumming or something, and it just says I love blank, and it's a little girl. He goes school. So I'm like that just threw me off. Why would you text me that in the middle of our show? <laughs> um, all right. Um, so yeah, and uh, first grade. Um, and I'll tell you, the Zoom environment is so tough on the kids. Like. You know, you know, people mentioned like the social, um, the things they're losing out socially. Um, I remember like just that age and like, you know, playing with your friends at school and, you know, he doesn't get to really do a lot of that right now. He's been virtual this whole time. And I know uh, it's going back to all virtual right now in a lot of areas across this, uh, the yeah. city. But uh, anyway, uh, we don't uh, we want this to be a distraction. So we're not going to get too much into that. Um We'll talk about the um, expectations a little bit, but before we do, let's get to what I think is going to be really fun. And, you know, Howard Simon, big fan of his. He has me on a show all the time. I always go on. Uh, I talk to him and Jeremy White. And Ryan today, as we were talking about ideas uh, to for the show tonight, he said, let's do a se segment where Dell picks the bills because you're you're a big fan <laughs> of when Howard does it. And I thought that that was super fun. So, Ryan, why don't you take us take this over here and let's have Dell pick the bills. All right, Dell. Let's Can get I just started. say real quick? I don't say real quick. I have no idea why I get so into Howard picks the bills. I have absolutely no idea, but it's like it's like appointment radio for me, and I, I get so frustrated when I miss it. I I have I don't I have no idea why. But say Dell. Excited, so. Hey Dell. Here's the thing. It's 2020, and that thing in your right pocket or left pocket, it's called a cell phone. On the cell phone, there's these little apps. They, they play podcasts. <laughs> All you have to do is find WGR on the on the podcast app. You can listen to it anytime it's you want. It's not the same. It's not uh, the same. It's got to be live. Okay. It's All right. I have to. I, it's not the same. It's been spoiled on Twitter for me, and people are hating Howard or loving him or whatever. So whatever. Got you. I get. I hear you though. I hear you. Yeah, but I, I see you on social media all the time. You're like Howard picks the bills tomorrow. Like you're sending it to Jeremy. I'm like, all right, we got to do this with Dell. Make it Dell picks the bills. So let's get started right after the bye week. The Bills host the Los Angeles Chargers. Tell us what you think. Uh, win. I think it's a win. Uh, the Chargers are really good at finding ways to lose, and Josh mm. Allen is really good at finding ways to win in the fourth quarter. Um, when he left the field against Arizona, they were winning, you know, when Josh Allen. So um, I'm going to trust the defense in this game, and uh, I'm going to trust the Chargers' inability to win games, no matter how much their quarterback now looks like. Sid from Toy Story with that new haircut. I don't know if that was a kind of good luck charm thing he was doing. That dude had a mane too, and he cut it. It's so disappointing, but yeah. So I'm going with the Bills. Yeah, I know we talk about the the Bills, especially a few years ago, to being being like a cursed franchise. But you're right. It seems like the Chargers build up these leads in a lot of games, and they find a way to lose toward the end. Like mm -hmm. it, it's just appointment television. All right, following week on the road against the 49ers. Not the 49ers team though that we were expecting at the beginning of the year. Mm -mm. Yeah, no, I think that's a win as well too. Uh, they're banged up. They're uh, not the they're not the team that was in the Super Bowl last season. Uh, and I still like the Bills' chances against the team that was in the Super Bowl last season if that team showed up, you know. But uh, that's a win. Biggest. Is, oh, go ahead. Is is Jimmy G out for the season? His return is uh, supposed supposedly going to be shortly after that. And just this past week, the, uh, Shanahan said something along the lines of, we, we look forward to him being our starter next year, and we anticipate him coming back later this season because 
there was the original timeline said six weeks, which knocked him out of this Bills game, and then someone else said closer to four. So I, I still think it's kind of iffy, but I'd be surprised if he played in that game, personally at least. Yeah, because to to Dell's point, I think if he can't go, and I think even if George Kittle can come back by that, I know he was talking about two weeks. You know, I don't even think that he would be one hundred percent full full go. I think that that's a game that at this point with that second tier group and obviously no Nick Bosa, you have to win. Uh, I would think so as Absolutely. well. I, I kind of agree with that. Biggest game, at least in terms of schedule, would be the following week: Pittsburgh Steelers. No Duck Hodges, at least not as of right now on, on the uh, on the assignment. But what do you think about that game? That is a tough one. It's a tough one, and I want to pick. I want to say win. I want to say win, but I also I have to keep it real. I don't want to just come off like a homer here and just have them run the table. So, and I yell at I yell at Howard on Twitter with this with this kind of stuff. But I just I just. It's not Duck Hodges. I mean, to 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 be the man, you got to beat the man. And right now, they're undefeated. Roethlisberger's having a great season. The just, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go with an L on this one. Just to just to at the very least, just so I'm not coming off as a full sweep. It's <laughs> tough though. It's tough. I want I want after Renegade last year. I want to win. I want to win. So I hope I'm wrong. Yeah, a little spoiler on Saturday. I'm predicting the rest of the year out. I have that as a win for the Bills, and I know it's wow. a small. I know it's a small sample size, but I watched that game against the Cowboys, and I, I'm not sitting here saying they underestimated the Cowboys, but they struggled against Gilbert at quarterback because he could run a little bit, and he was actually surprisingly accurate when he was throwing the ball early in the game. We know Allen's accuracy ha- has been great this year. He can run the ball too. He can have that defense, uh, you know, a little uneven in that game, in my opinion. And, and then when it comes to Roethlisberger, Buffalo has really struggled against some of these more mobile quarterbacks. You're not going to have to really worry about that so much with Roethlisberger. You have a guy that at this point stands in the pocket more, so you can bring the Mario Addison, the Jerry Hughes. You can send some blitzes and maybe get home to him. So maybe that's an upset, but I have the Bills winning that one. I, I think it's going to be it's going to be that game that gets everyone talking about the Bills again as a serious contender, although they should still be talking about them that way after they beat Seattle, after they, you know, they, they had that yes. game against Arizona one, but I, I think a game like that will get the national pundits talking again about, Hey, this, this bills team's for real. So I have that one as a win at the Broncos to be determined when, win. and okay. <laughs> all right. Win. So, yeah. A lock against drew lock, I guess it sounds good to yeah. me. At the yeah. Patriots. Can they sweep the Patriots this year? Yes, they can. They can sweep this year. I'm not I'm not I'm not afraid of them anymore. Uh you know, the 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 Jets almost beat that team. And I know they just beat the the Ravens, but I'm not scared of New England anymore. And um I'm just gonna I'm just gonna ride that train until like I till I the till common sense says stop it, Dell, you're being crazy. I'm not afraid <laughs> of the Patriots anymore. Well, the, the Patriots also needed a monsoon to help them de- defeat the Ravens this past week. That Did you see that game with all that rain? It was wild, wild mm-hmm. conditions. And then finally, not only do I want your prediction on this, but is the AFC East on the line in Week 17 when the Bills play the Dolphins? I have concerns. What's the uh, Dolphins schedule that we have coming up? Because I, 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 it's like it's more of a cupcake schedule than you know. I would I, they they I play the Broncos. 
Yeah, yeah they, they, they play the Broncos this week, but they still have the Chiefs, the Raiders, the Patriots, and the Bills. They do have the Jets once more, though, as well. All right. All right. You know what? Um, I think it's not going to come down to that. I don't think it's going to come down to week 17, like based on, you know, my knee jerk reaction right now, thinking about, you know, having them to play the chiefs and, you know, if the bills are able to take care of their business against the dolphins, they're going to, that won't be an issue because they'll have both games taken care of, you know, in terms of any tiebreakers as well, too. I like it. So what's the the record? Five and one. Uh, Yeah, I got Wow. All right. All right. I, I feel it. I'm, I feel it. I know I'm like the, you know, Mr. Like I said, a Homer or whatever, but like, you know what? Let's just enjoy this team. Like, you know, even like that week or that game last week sucked. I mean, that, that, what a crappy way to lose. I mean, I never in my life thought I would say the words I'm about to say. Colin Cowherd was right. You know, like just because you, you, you want, you got a touchdown on a Hail Mary at the end doesn't make you the better team. The the bills are legit. Let's try and see the forest through the trees here. We're all upset about losing last week. That that was terrible. But this is the best team that any of us have seen in over two decades. So let's just enjoy it. Let's. I give them you know credit for you know anything. And I'm I already feel dirty having picked Pittsburgh. Ryan, you pretty <laughs> much convinced me anyway. So uh, I'm you know I'm five and one. Maybe I'm six and zero. Oh. Uh, I think people just need to relax. Everybody's upset about the loss. Enjoy what we have right now. Let's just, I mean, this year, this year in general sucks, you know, uh, 2020, like I'm, I'm so over it, but like, this has been such a nice oasis of excitement and happiness. Let's just enjoy it. Well said. I think we're going to save that, that last section for a future, maybe not next week episode. Cause we're, we're going kind of long and I want to end with this, the bar, where's the bar now? Because I think everybody had a bar going into this season. A lot of people were like, all right, like it's the division or it's the division in a playoff game. For me, I think that with how well this offense is played and what I still believe might be lying inside of this defense with Sean McDermott and Leslie Frazier at the helm, I think the expectations for me have risen to AFC championship game. At this point, I think that they're, I think <laughs> I love when Ryan has those reactions. Uh, here's why. Here's why. I think that the key for me is finishing as a top three seed, obviously, because you don't want that second round game against Kansas City. Because um, I think Kansas City will end up, I know the Pittsburgh Steelers are 9-0, but they played only three teams with a winning record. And Ben Roethlisberger is about to enter in to a December as a very old quarterback and the weather is going to get worse. Um, his body is, you know, has already gone through most of a season. Uh, I think he's just going to be beat up. I'm going to, I'm anticipating we're not going to see the same version of that offense down the stretch that we've seen early on. So if you can somehow wind up with the two or three seed, probably not the two seed at this point, I think Pittsburgh will still be good enough unless you beat him, uh, which, you know, Dell has no faith in his team. Um <laughs> 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 unless, unless you beat them, you're probably going to be the three seed. That's fine. But I think that you, I just like this offense, this passing offense, like we mentioned, against a lot of these other defenses. I mean, 
the things that were working against Josh Allen in the last two years that I think people came into this season with preconceived notions, they don't seem to be working. I mean, even the Arizona team, which seemed to have figured out a way to pressure him consistently throughout that day, they game, they blitzed him a ton. In the end, it didn't matter. They still scored 30 points. And I think if you could score 30 points in the playoffs, you win. And I think with this defense that I think will will raise its game. What about you guys? Where's the bar? What are your expectations? Dell, go ahead. Okay. Um, I think absolutely division and uh, at least one playoff win. So, I mean, I don't think they're going to be playing in the wild card round. So, I think we're, we're, we're in line with each other there. You know, I, I love what you said about the AFC championship game. I'm, I'm not there yet. I entered the season saying I want to see them win a home playoff game. And although the offense has greatly exceeded my expectations, the defense has, in terms of yards and points, they've disappointed over that first 10 games in terms of what I was anticipating. So I would still be happy. I would still call 2020 year a success if the Bills win a playoff game, whether that's um, – one and done or, or whatever the case may be. And I know maybe that's still setting the bar too low based on what we've seen through 10 games, but I am just not ready to change that just yet until I see some minor improvements against the run, I guess on defense. If, if they can do that, then maybe my expectations change here uh, as we approach the playoffs. All right. I think that's going to do it for our show. We got this fun little segment. Ryan came up with a little nickname for it. It's called Stacking the Bills. But I think if we got into it right now, I I almost feel like it's going to be like a half-hour segment. Uh, We're going to go through the AFC playoff picture and just uh, kind of break it all down. We'll do that next Wednesday. We'll get uh, Dell out of here uh, under an hour on this Wednesday night. Thanks so much for taking the time, man. Uh, Why don't you shout out anything you got coming up, Bills fans should know about, uh, 26 shirts, Bills Mafia, whatever whatever you got going on. Awesome. Yeah. And first of all, thank you guys so much for having me on. I try to catch your show as much as possible. So it's definitely an honor being on here with you. So thank you very much. Um, what I got going on, uh, 26 shirts that we mentioned earlier has just finished up its seventh year. We've now started volume eight, uh, and we've kind of changed it up a little bit now, instead of launching a shirt every two weeks, now we're launching a two week campaign every week. So they're kind of overlapping with each other. Mm-hmm. We just got tired of telling people they have to wait for help. And, um, so we're really uh, thankful because it seems like we were a little nervous that our sales were going to take a hit, that we wouldn't be able to like donate as much to each person if we started doing that. But so far, we're early into it. But so far, nothing's really um, seems to have been too too badly affected. So we're super grateful for the you know the belief and the the, the love that people have for our, our product. We try to make the absolute best freaking shirts you could ever wear, um, and we try to help people in the in the process. So. Um, just super grateful and thankful for everybody for that. And just, you know, obviously, you know, my Twitter handles on there. Follow me if you haven't, if you want to, if you don't, that's fine too. If I annoyed you like with the bills and Steelers thing, that's fine. I get it. But um, just, yeah. So just, that's about it. 26 shirts. Uh, oh, and then also just some cool stuff maybe that might be uh, team related that we might be getting into soon. Who knows? So well, um, really looking forward to the next phase of whatever bills mafia is. That's awesome. Well, we're excited about it. I'm 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 over at the site uh, right now, 26 shirts. And of course, as always, I feel like I can't go there too much because uh, my wife will yell at me about purchases. But Buffalo Never Ranch, uh, a take on a Nirvana <laughs> shirt, to me is awesome brilliant. design. Awesome and design. And that I mean, 
that's no new news, man. I mean, those there, there's great designs all the time. That one was Josh, our creative director. That was all his. We just were spitballing one day, and all of a sudden, he just was like, "I've got an awesome idea." And you know, you know, ever you know, people hate ranch, and so we figured that'd be kind of a fun pun to do it with and everything. But our business model is basically take a bison and shove it into anything. And so, um, you know, we wanted to do a Nirvana one. We did one earlier in the year. They're one of my favorite bands of all time. So it worked out. That's awesome, Ryan. Final thought. Final thought, uh, Bills Mafia, keep going out and doing good, whether it's, uh, you know, donating in Josh Allen's grandmother's name, going out to 26shirts.com, buying those shirts, helping other people that are, are are hurting in some way, shape or form. Just keep doing good. You know, that that's the one thing that it, it kind of rubs off on other people. It, as bad as that loss was on, on Sunday, you saw the Arizona Cardinal fans start donating to Patricia Allen and at Oshai Hospital. So, it kind of seems to rub off on some of these other fan bases. So, you know, keep doing your part because it's clearly you're, you're doing, you're making the community proud and you're also helping some other communities kind of uh, maybe start something on the, in their own areas as well. Awesome. Well, great show. Uh, a little Wednesday night diversion for you folks. If you, I hope you enjoyed it. Some bills talk, some, some bills, mafia talk, uh, as always head over to the audio platforms. It really helps us out. I know it's the, the usual spiel, uh, subscribe to Shout a Buffalo Bills football podcast, Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, Google, wherever you get it. Uh, give us a rating and review while you're there. It really helps us out. And keep it locked on Syracuse.com and NewYorkUpstate.com. Towards the weekend, uh, there won't be a lot during the week, and Ryan will come in, uh, clean up here in the weekend, and bring out a, a really cool article that I think everybody's going to want to check out. And then we'll be back next week, uh, hit the ground running for the, this this last six-game stretch. Uh, I can't believe we're 10 weeks into the season already. I mean, it, it, it's crazy. Like this NFL season, like I'm so used to like the never ending schedule of the UFC, the NF, the NFL is just this absolute sprint that is just like unbelievable. And you just, all of a sudden you peek your head up you just, we're just out there uh, at the facility for training camp and Oh, there's six games left in the schedule. So crazy stuff for Ryan Talbot, Del Reed. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm Matt Perino. We will be back next Wednesday night. Until then, take care. Ready for football? With every game a home game, Tops is ready for you with its TV a day giveaway. For six weeks, every day you shop is a new chance to win a massive 70-inch 4K TV. Shop Tops for the best deals in town, in-store, or online to win.